The following podcast is a production of Ocean Media Enterprises. Welcome to the Squeeze Conversations with the Changemakers that are shaping our future. I'm your host, Marco Garan. And I'm Lucia Baez-Geller. You know, Lucia, uh, our next guest today is an impressive political figure. Amazing. Yes, he is, with an impressive political resume. Yes. Congressman Charlie Crisp represents Florida's 13th Congressional District. The district covers Pinellas County. Uh, from Clearwater down through St. Petersburg. He was elected to the Florida State Senate in 1992, where he championed environmental protection issues and public education. In 2000, after two terms in the Florida Senate, Charlie continued to push for educational funding and better teacher pay as the state's education commissioner. He's been a hero yes. for education. I can attest to that yes. through my teaching career. There you go. He's a hero. In 2002, he was elected Florida's Attorney General, a role through which he fought for consumer protection, civil rights, and opportunities for at-risk youth. Elected as Florida's 44th Governor, Chris furthered his commitment to public education using federal stimulus funding to save thousands of teacher jobs, teachers' education. Yes, that I know. As a staunch environmental advocate, he also secured a landmark land acquisition to preserve the environment. It's a lot. Yes, That's impressive. Amazing. I told you, impressive. So welcome to The Squeeze, Congressman Charlie Chris. Congressman. Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be with you, and uh, thank you so much for the invitation. It's, it's great to be with you today. Of course. Thank you. And as we said, we read your resume. It's incredible. Uh, but we're here. We want to get to know a little bit more about you as a person and your ideals and what drives you. So, you know, as a teacher who then ran for school board, uh, there was a very connection there as to why i ran but tell me what drove you uh lucia education had a lot to do with it believe it or not and okay. and i'm a public school kid um uh like yeah. you my father served on the school board here in pinellas county okay. uh, i was raised with three sisters two of which were public school teachers okay. in pinellas county so it's sort of in my dna and you know i was involved in student government growing up and when I finished law school, I came back to St. Pete, uh, first worked for the baseball commissioner's office. The minor league division is based here. I'm a big sports fan. Oh, wow. And so that was a lot of fun, but eventually got involved in politics, running for the state Senate in 92 and winning a, a seat that spanned Tampa Bay. It had uh, downtown Tampa and downtown St. Pete. So it really was a Tampa Bay district. And, and it really is just out of a desire to serve others um, and have the opportunity uh, to try to make the world a better place to live. And I've enjoyed it throughout my career. I really I, have. I believe it. And your career speaks for itself. And speaking of that, I feel like we've been a part of your career. I have personally as a teacher, especially you came you came onto my scene, I should say, in about 2010 when you vetoed SB6. Do you remember doing that? <laughs> I will never, ever forget yes. it. It was a pretty punitive bill to teachers. Yes. And, um, you know, basing everything on testing and, you know, better than me. And uh, I got lobbied heavily by you and other wonderful teachers throughout the state of Florida that just thought it was too much of a punishing approach. And I agreed with uh, your assessment. And so I vetoed the bill that and incredible. it was an amazing time. Yeah, it was. Well, it was, and, it was the right thing to do. And now yeah. I can relate to you, actually, because, you know, we just went through our very troubling time here with the mask mandate. So and the pressure you were feeling and you did the right thing. I always admired you for that. And that was amazing. But that was significant to me. But what do you feel has been a significant event to you in your career? One that just stands out? That's a great question, too. I, I think that 
when I was governor working with President Obama. Uh, and I was, you got to remember, I uh, love the man, love him. And yes. I was still a Republican, right? Yes. And I'll share a little story with you that's kind of hard to believe, but true. So we were in the depths of the Great Recession. And I remember the president uh, was scheduled to come to visit Florida because we were like the housing meltdown center of the universe. And so the White House called my office in Tallahassee and said, you know, extend an invitation to be with them in Fort Myers, Florida. Staff comes into my office in the Capitol in Tallahassee and said, uh, the White House has just invited you to come be with President Obama in Fort Myers next week to talk about the Recovery Act, the stimulus. Wow. And uh, do you want to go? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And they're like, are you sure? And I said, yeah, why do you ask? They said, well, <laughs> you know, he's a Democrat. And I said, he's the president of the United States of America, and he's right. coming here to help us. Right. Yep. I am going. Please right. tell him yes. And so they did. I went down there. It was an amazing experience. He ended up asking me to introduce him. It was at the convention center in downtown Fort Myers. The oh, wow. place was as loud as any audience I've ever heard. Yes. It's the first time he had traveled outside of D.C. since he got sworn in. Wow. This was just oh, wow. February of 09. Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. unbelievable. After I introduced him, he hugged me and that was it. You know, oh. the Republicans were pretty, pretty done with me after that. But that was an that. unbelievable, unforgettable experience. It was great. Thank you. Great man. Great president. So, uh, <clears throat> Congressman, there has not been a, a Democratic uh, governor in Florida for over two decades. So how do you plan on changing that? Number one, um, just by being myself and, and, you know, being straightforward and honest with the people of Florida. I think that's number rule number one. Um, you know, I think talk about what the incumbent is doing, uh, Governor DeSantis, and, and how I think he's just mishandling this whole COVID virus issue. Right. Um, right. And, and it's heartbreaking, you know, yes. because yes. we're number one in the country and we have more hospitalizations, including children. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard to believe this is happening before our eyes and that he is, and Lucia knows this better than you and me, but you know, the fact of the matter that he's so adamantly against masks mm -hmm. to protect our children and keep them healthy is astounding to me yeah. um, and that he doesn't promote vaccines really. Um, so I think just being honest with people and, you know, sharing with folks how you feel and, and listening to them. You know, right. my dad used to always tell my three sisters and me, God gave you two ears and one mouth, mm, yeah. better respect his ratio and listen twice as much as you talk because you'll be amazed how much you can learn. And especially if you're in public service, like the three of us are, right. um, you have a duty. Right. Uh, to serve our constituency well. And one of the best ways to do that is to be a good listener. So reaching out to minorities and young voters uh, is going to be critical for you winning the, the Democratic uh, primary. What would you do or what are you doing to engage uh, these voters so that they vote for you? That's a great point. And um, we've been touring the state ever since okay. I announced back in early May. Uh, frankly, yeah. and, and meeting with Hispanic communities throughout the state. Um, and I've always had uh, a great appreciation for the African-American community in Florida. Yeah. And some of my greatest friends uh, are leaders in the community, pastors, etc. And so I think it's just very important to reach out to minority communities because pretty soon the minority communities in Florida and America are going to be the majority. And yeah. I look forward to that. I mean, I'm the grandson <laughs> of a Greek immigrant. Uh, and on my father's side, 
And on my mother, or on my father's side still, my grandmother is an immigrant from Lebanon. So, wow. you know, I relate to the immigrant story because I'm the grandson of immigrants. And I think it's a beautiful story and a tapestry of America and the opportunity that our country is supposed to represent. Um, but it has to represent it in fairness and right. equity and being decent to all. And we're all children of God. So that's pretty cool. What have you seen? What has changed? What have been some of the fluctuations that you would say, looking at our great state, that changes that you've seen, at least since your career in government began? Well, well, you know, a lot of change, obviously. I mean, Florida is such a huge, wonderful, diverse, dynamic state. Uh, you know, I, I love Florida. I love her with all my heart and, 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 and every part of the state, really. I mean, it's because it, it's very different in very uh, diverse parts of Florida. Right. North Florida is very different than South Florida. Right, yeah. Miami's very different from Pensacola. I mean, you, you know the drill. And, yeah. um, but that, I think, is, is a lot of Florida's beauty, that it is so diverse, not only with its people, but its topography and geography. Um, and, and the fact that it's surrounded by water, I think, is amazing. Um, but it's it's changed a lot in terms of the people that inhabit our state. As I mentioned earlier, it won't be long before we'll be a minority majority state. And, and I think that's a great testament to what Florida is and what Florida can be going forward. Because when you have that kind of diversity, a melting pot, if you will, Florida is the melting pot of America, which is the melting pot of the world. Right. I mean, people from all over the world still yearn to come to America and even more so Florida. And uh, I think that's very special. And I think we need to maintain that, that draw and attraction. And, and as part of that, we have a duty to protect our beautiful environment. Uh, I feel very passionate about that. Yes, absolutely. And so just because, you know, we're down here in Miami, but could you tell us a little bit what it was like growing up in St. Petersburg? Yeah, sure. I mean, okay, so <laughs> I, actually, I, I was born in Pennsylvania. Oh, um, okay. Moved to moved to uh, Altoona. It's outside of Pittsburgh. Uh -huh. My mom and dad both went to Penn State, but um, we moved to Florida to St. Pete when I was three. So I've been in Florida most of my life. You know, as I mentioned earlier, went to public school here. It was a it was a pretty wonderful childhood. You know, my mom and dad are great, and my three sisters were amazing to me. And um, you know, played uh, high school football. Uh, ended up going to Wake Forest University and played quarterback there for two years, oh, wow. but I missed Florida so much. I transferred to Florida state <laughs> wow. and so I finished undergrad uh, in Tallahassee. Uh, but growing up in St. Pete was wonderful. It's a, it's a very diverse, very progressive community. Uh, and I thank God for that literally because it's welcoming. I think we have the largest pride parade in the state, yeah. uh, which I think is very cool. Mm -hmm. And um, no, it's just a wonderful place to live. A very, very good friendly, kind people. In fact, you know, when you're when you're driving downtown and somebody's starting to cross the street, people in St. Pete will stop. We'll stop. Even oh, though there's not a and, and let people go. I mean, it, you know, and it's routinely done. It's, yeah. it's it's wonderful. It's a great community. It really is. Well you turned out pretty great. Yes. So it sounds like a good Well you're place. too kind. <laughs> you guys turned out pretty great yeah, too. So you, that's wonderful. You. What would you say are the top issues uh, that are important to Florida voters today? Well, if we're talking about today, no question. Hands down, it's COVID. You know, dealing with this pandemic, I think, is the hottest issue. I've seen probably in my entire political career. And, and I say that because it's, it's life and death. 
and, and, you know, I think there's such a great opportunity to be able to offer more support for our children, uh, a more caring approach. Uh, it saddens me to say that the governor is just, he's off the mark on this thing so badly, um, you know, to be against the mask. And thank you, Lucia, for your courage on the board and your, your co-members for doing what you did. God bless you. Um, you're putting the children's health first. And somebody in the state has to, because he isn't. And I heard later this afternoon, they're already talking about how they're going to penalize people in their funding for doing this, um, which is shocking. And, and, and he's even talked about removing people from office for doing this. Yeah. Really? For trying to keep kids safe, you're going to remove people? It's, it's beyond the pale. But good news. I'm an optimist. Good news <laughs> is the Biden administration has already said, whatever funding you may lose, we will supplant. Yes. And we'll the federal government will take care of you. So thank God for that. But no, without a doubt, that's the hottest issue. After that, I, I think the usual education, the environment, mm. ethics and, and honesty and transparency, um, looking for public servants who really want to serve the people and right. serve with a servant's heart, frankly. Uh, you guys do it. I always try to do it. Um, and, and not everybody does. And I think that's very important to the voters of Florida and will be going forward. Um, human rights, um, you know, things like that, really things that touch people's heart, I think are going to be pivotal. And that really is education, doing the right thing, ethics, honesty, you know, sounds corny and old fashioned, but it's in vogue right now. And I think people are thirsty for it. I really do. So you mentioned uh, COVID being one of the, obviously, the main issues that's uh, facing the state uh, and this state in particular. Uh, you know, we're experiencing an uptick in the in the COVID-19 infection rates. So if you were governor today, what would you do to address the pandemic? Well, I wouldn't tell school districts what to do. <laughs> I would leave that to the local level. Well, you know, yes, it used to be true. Republicans would say the government closest to the people is best suited to serve them better. And, and I still believe that. And I, I think that what I would be doing, in addition to being respectful that way, would be advocating for people to get vaccinated. I mean, there are two paths forward to stop this and, and put it down and, you know, uh, really crush uh, the virus. And that is to get vaccinated and to wear masks when you're particularly indoors in public. I don't know why the governor isn't doing that. I mean, he's advocating taking the medicine after you get sick. But, you know, with a doctor as a father and a doctor as a sister, I know in healthcare it's prevention, 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 mm. whether you're talking about cancer treatment or, or this COVID situation we're dealing with. And so, you know, you can prevent it by getting vaccinated. You can help to prevent it by wearing a mask. And so those are the two things I'd be pushing the hardest. And I think we'd be in much better shape than we wouldn't be number one right now in the country. Uh, with yeah. this illness, if if we had a leader who advocated that statewide, it's pretty yeah. simple. Yeah. Follow the science. Listen to healthcare professionals. Take their advice seriously, and don't think a politician has all the answers. And that's what he's acting like. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, no, and you're right. That but caring, we'll fix it. Yeah, caring, we'll a caring heart caring. can really move mountains. Yeah. And I believe that's no question. what we need right now. Yeah. So the hard part of this is over. We're, <laughs> okay. This is now. that You're off the hot seat. We just have like a quick little one-minute lightning round just to get to know right. you better. 
And your you bet. your segment is called "What Would You Do, Charlie?" <laughs> okay, Charlie, what would you do? <laughs> what would you do? There you go. Let's do that segment. The lightning round, Congressman. We know you don't have a lot of time for vacation. However, where would you go, and what three items would you take with you on vacation? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I would stay in Florida. Okay. Um, I, Good answer. Good well, answer. I, I love her. I, I, yeah. I must confess, I love her. Anywhere on the water, and I would take my boat with me. Uh, the name of my boat is the Golden Rule. Do unto yes. others as you would have done unto oh, you. Beautiful. So that's I would beautiful. take the boat. I would, I would take some fishing poles. Yes. And I would... Uh, be sure to take some good food yes. to grill because I love grilling. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Will you That's call me? Do. Will you call David yeah. and I? We would love to come with absolutely. you. Absolutely. Can we be the fourth, yeah. the fourth thing that you bring on that vacation? Yes, sir. absolutely. Okay. Why not, Congressman? If you could speak another language, Charlie, what would you do? If you could speak another language, se habla español. Yo estudio español dos años en la escuela. Perdóname. I will. I really wish I could remember more of it than I do. But that's what I. That's what I would do okay. first. Spanish. You'd brush up on your Spanish. I love it. Español. And finally, maybe this could be uh, the album that you bring with you on the boat. But if you could only listen to one album for the rest of your life, Charlie, what would you do? <laughs> that is not an easy question. Um, Such good music. Well, I love so, the yeah. Beatles. Uh, you know, I, I like Journey. Uh, Ooh, great band. Yes. Um, you know, th those would be uh, top two, I think, okay. among them. Yeah. Nice. The Lacey fine. DC, maybe, you know. Ooh, fine choices. I love that. Sure. Well, thank yeah. you. Thanks for letting us in and for your great heart and everything that you do for our communities. I love that. Yes. Well, Thank, thank you, for, you both. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're super busy and uh, indulging us here on yes. the squeeze. Yeah. And uh, we so appreciate the work that you've done for so many years and yeah. continue to do. And we look forward to the future. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your kind invitation. I really appreciate it. I love you guys. Yes. Keep doing the great work that you're doing. And thank you. Keep spreading the good word out there. We need more positive. God bless you all. Thank you. This is Congressman Charlie Christ, and you're watching The Squeeze, and you are lucky you are. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to check out our next episode on The Squeeze.